Hello and welcome to another episode of The Messed Up Gardener. My name is Esther Aiken and I'm your host for today and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. Today's episode is not going to be a massively long one because for the first time in, I want to say, 10 plus years, myself and my daughter are actually going to go on a five-day break. My daughter's best friend's mum invited us to go for a drive with her and stay down the middle of the North Island somewhere for a few days at the start of the school holidays, which have come round incredibly fast. And I figured, why not? It's like not exactly like I can go and do my day job with my bung hand. So it looks like I have indeed broken a bone and ripped a tendon or ligament or whatever it is off the bone. And my hand therapist, yes, those amazing people do exist, explained my recovery would not be a sprint to the finish line. So now I have a swanky splint created especially for my hand and ordered to be on good behavior, which as you can imagine, it's the start of my B season. So right this minute, this hand is exceptionally inconvenient and costing me more than just my day-to-day income. Not very impressed and I must admit you know it's definitely doing my head in anyway the highlight of my week this week has definitely been visiting a friend of mine in his new house he has a section of wasteland that he is restoring back to semi-native and he has spent so much time removing a lot of the plant pest species and getting it back to bare soil well almost bare soil, there is still a fair amount of native ferns present and in the last three months it is incredible to see the power of native regeneration. What it shows you is how incredibly resilient our natural environment can be. It is going to be so exciting watching this particular area re-establish itself to its natural glory and I love that he is seeking advice around planting to retain a natural landscape and if he is introducing any non-native species, making sure that what he does plant does not spread into the native bush that can create even more nasties for our environment. So I am genuinely, I felt very privileged to have at least seen what he's doing. So um, you know who you are. Thank you so much for the privilege of having had a look. And another couple of exciting things I've been doing is growing on my seedlings that I have germinated and some of which I've already pricked out into larger containers. Now seed growing is nothing new, obviously not that exciting, but I will um, obviously let them harden off once they're a certain size and ready to go into the garden. Now I did something really silly and very messy this year. I ended up seeding out lettuce next to my capsicum seeds. And of course, the lettuce seeds germinate a whole lot faster than capsicum seed, which means I've had to let the lettuce seed grow a little bit longer than I would normally be comfortable doing before pricking out just so that I can wait for those capsicum seed to finally germinate and get to a size where I can prick them out and pop them on. Now because I don't need a whole lot of either which is basically why I ended up using half of the seed rearing trays for each seed type most I will of course be planting and growing them directly in my vegetable gardens but I also want to try a little bit of a different style of hydroponics compared to the traditional gully growing system and for full disclosure being completely honest here I've seen this method being used on Facebook where 
where a hydroponic expert is growing his vegetables in buckets with no additional nutrients added. So basically the bucket has, <clears throat> sorry, the nutrients added to it at the start and once the lid goes on and the bucket has been planted up, you know, with the plant through a hole supported by some sort of foam, in this case it was a pool noodle, and by the time the vegetable has finished maturing, ready for harvest, it has used all the water with the nutrients out of that, which I believe was mostly 10 litre buckets, which is really super excited. And I'm a little bit definitely excited about possibly trying this method because I know that this summer is going to be really hot here and water is potentially going to be again on a seasonal ban. So it makes it really difficult to irrigate the garden, but I would very much like to still be able to harvest crops for my daughter and I so this might just be a nice way around that little you know sort of hiccup with regards to irrigating my veggie gardens but in preparation for that I did sow more seed than what I would normally do and I'm looking forward to experimenting with the different containers and methodologies I will definitely keep you up to date it will be interesting to see if it tastes just as good too growing it in a nutrient rich liquid compared to the soil harvested produce that come from the seeds the same seed and seedling batches so let's get to today's actual episode. Now uh, that I have natted your ears off about what I want to do in the future, a little while ago I was walking through the supermarket looking at the current prices for vegetables and fruit, feeling almost sick to my stomach when being asked to pay eight plus dollars for a humble lettuce, or I think the most I saw a cauliflower for this year was like 12 bucks. I may have even been closer to $14, which is absolutely horrendous. I know that with the terrible seasons we've been having, produce pricing has been very expensive due to the crops rotting away or being flooded away. So the price would not necessarily have been as high out of season if it hadn't have been for such awful circumstances. But even now that the seasons and growing rotations have gotten back to relatively normal, if there is such a thing as normal with today's climate being so unpredictable, that I wanted to have a discussion regarding shop versus growing your own anyway, because again, the pricing still hasn't really come down so much with regards to vegetables and as everything's getting so terribly expensive and in reality, how many of us literally buy fruit and veggies from the supermarket when in fact we could actually be growing them on our own at home and for whatever reason we just don't? Is it because we're lazy, short on space, didn't have the technical know-how as to how to grow your own? There's so many reasons why we don't grow at home. I mean, this episode is going to go into depth on a number of these issues. And if you're a beginner, I'll cover some of the basic tools and items you may need if you are wanting to start to grow veggies or fruit trees instead of buying them from the supermarket. I'll do that more towards the end of this episode. That's if you're an uh, if you are an advanced grower, don't stop listening. I think you'll enjoy some of my commentary around the pros and cons of supermarket shopping for fruit and veg. So let's have a look at some of the reasons and benefits to grow your own food instead of buying it at a supermarket. Not all of them would be considered directly environmental, but when I was jotting them down, I figured I would just be blatantly honest about what I would consider my reasons are for growing my own. The first reason I think definitely has to be the top reason for me, and that is growing my 
own compared to buying from the supermarket, which is my own vegetables tend to have a better taste and quality about them. When you grow your own food, you have control over the quality of the soil, the water and the nutrients and your plants, you know, that you are basically giving your plants, which can result in better tasting and more nutritious produce. Again, this could be because I know how much effort has gone into growing these vegetables. So I believe that they just taste better. Again, There is nothing quite like harvesting your own vegetables and serving them fresh that day rather than having them sit in a chiller for potentially a week or more before you actually get to buy it from the supermarket itself. The next reason for me is definitely the cost savings. Growing your own food can save you so much money on groceries, especially if you have a large garden or grow a lot of your own produce. So being able to harvest my own silver beet or perpetual spinach whenever I want it or need it, especially when you can toss it through a salad or use it as a steamed veg or chop it up finely and put it through omelettes. A small bag of I think 90 grams of spinach can set you back like $4.20 even more if depending on where you're buying it from. Whereas I can grow an entire perpetual spinach and continuously harvest from it and probably save myself over the life of that particular one perpetual spinach a good solid hundred plus dollars and have weeks worth of food rather than two days worth of salads. But number three is definitely something else to consider growing. Your own has amazing health benefits. So eating fresh fruits and vegetables can have again numerous health benefits including reducing the risk of cardiac disease such as heart disease, stroke and cancer. And who doesn't want to reduce these risks? The next is a bit more of a greeny approach, I suppose, to home-growing veggies and fruits, and that is the reduced environmental impact. So growing your own food can help reduce the environmental impact of industrial agriculture, which often relies on pesticides, herbicides, and other chemicals that can be harmful to the environment. Something that I know for a few of my friends struggled with over the last little while, and that not... Us, not, you know, not my family so much because I've always had a vegetable garden to some degree and it was the increased food security. So growing your own food can help increase your food security by ensuring that you have a supply of fresh produce. So even if there are disruptions in the food supply chain, classically this occurred over COVID and then followed through with eight months of rain during summer, including flooding of our market gardens and high produce gardening areas and also just general garden rots. We're on the, you know, we're definitely on the increase as well, which caused lettuces such as the Great Lakes to completely rot out before you could even harvest a small amount. There is something very primal about being able to provide for your family, especially when you have enough that you can share over the fence to your neighbours. Another reason why I enjoy growing my own fruits and vegetables at home is it means I still get some form of exercise. Not one of my favourite things, but anyway, gardening can be a great great form of exercise helping you stay active and healthy. I know that I can spend literally the whole day walking around in my garden weeding, mowing the lawns, pruning and whatever other task my garden requires which basically doesn't feel like exercise to me because it's something I'm passionate about but it still keeps my body moving. My next reason for enjoying growing my own is 
simply the educational opportunities. Gardening can be, again, a great way to teach children about where their food comes from and the importance of sustainable agriculture or horticulture, however you seem to deem the gardening aspect of it. So my daughter used to help me actively in the garden, even when she was a teeny tiny baby. So in a push chair, she was always part of the gardening environment. My daughter, when she does put her mind to it, has quite the green thumbs herself. Now, the next reason is an element that I think should be developed even more than it already has, and that is around community building. Gardening can be a great way to build community by sharing your produce with neighbours, participating in community gardens, or volunteering at the local food banks. This week, I also met up with a fantastic lady that runs a community program called Grow On Kitty Kitty, where people sow you know, more seeds than they actually need, and they meet up once a week to swap seedlings with other, other gardeners. What a great way to get diversity into your garden without having to spend big dollars buying the seed from other veggie species, you know, of other veggie species, sorry, where you have to sow out more than what you would need anyway. And if you don't use all the seed, it sits in your cupboard going old and becoming less viable. The next reason is something that I probably do not give enough credence to, and it is stress reduction. So gardening can be a great way to reduce stress and promote relaxation, which can have a positive impact on, again, mental health. I am Right now, I can do literally, to be honest, with all the help I can around stress reduction because my world is definitely about to change with my employment contract coming to an end at the end of October. But like they say, one door closes, another one opens. It'll be interesting to see exactly what that door looks like. And of course, the best reason of all, uh, would be to have that, you know, growing your own fruit and veg rather than buying it from the supermarket is that it is just a lot more fun and rewarding. Growing your own food can be a fun and rewarding hobby, providing a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction when you harvest your own produce. Nothing beats being able to dish up an entire meal that you've grown at home. Now, just to be clear, you do not need to have a large vegetable gardens to be able to produce your own fruit and vegetables. You can grow a huge amount of veggies in a small area. Vertical gardening is a fantastic way of getting high production in a small space or even growing in hanging basket works wonders as well. So you could even grow a heap on a balcony or on your windowsills. Just be mindful of the damp bottoms of the pots and that you're not rotting out the wood that the pots are sitting on. Yep, I've been there. I've done that. I uh, wasn't very impressed, especially when the windowsills were relatively newly painted and I totally destroyed the paint having pots sitting on there that were sweating and destroying the windowsills. Now let's have a look at when it comes to buying fruits and vegetables. The supermarket is a popular choice for many people, right? While there are benefits to shopping for produce at the supermarket, there are also some drawbacks to consider. But first let's have a look at the pros, right? So now Nobody is going to argue with number one, which is convenience. Supermarkets are often located in easy, accessible areas, meaning it's easy to pop in and grab whatever produce you need. Again, nobody is going to argue that. And with number two, that's the same. And that is the wide variety supermarkets offer 
an exceptional wide variety of fruits and vegetables from all over the world, giving their customers access to produce that may not necessarily be locally available. And number three, which is consistency. Supermarkets have consistent and reliable stock, meaning you can usually find what you're looking for without any issues, even in the off season. But there are a number of cons as well. The first is, again, I've mentioned this previously, quality. The quality of produce at supermarkets can sometimes be very questionable as the fruits and vegetables may have been sitting on the shelves for a while or may have been exposed to chemicals or other toxins. At this point, I also want to mention that even though supermarkets do their best to keep general public from handling the fruit and veg, it's amazing how many people still touch the fruit before you even purchase it. So always wash your fruit and veg before preparing it, especially if you're eating it raw. You certainly don't want somebody's grubby hands over your fruit and then you're the one eating their buggies, right? Eek. The next con is very relevant and that is cost. While supermarkets often have competitive prices, it is important to consider the cost of produce compared to local markets or farms. Then this particular next con is not something that is often discussed, but it is definitely really important in the grand scheme of it, and that is environmental impact. So supermarkets often source produce from far away, which has a large carbon footprint than locally sourced produce. Overall, while there are benefits to buying fruits and vegetables from the supermarkets, it's important to consider the potential drawbacks and make an informed decision based on what's best for you and your needs. Now, I'm never going to say don't buy produce from the supermarket because that would mean I would be a complete hypocrite because it is still sometimes way easier to run across the road and grab a bag of salad, especially if I'm in a rush or in between seasons, but I do like to avoid spending money on items that I can grow myself. If I have excess fruit and veg, then I try to bottle or freeze it and generally preserve it in any way I can until my freezers are full and I can give away whatever I can to the neighbours. So if growing your own instead of buying it from the supermarket is something that takes your fancy and you haven't grown veggies before, then to be truthful, starting a vegetable and fruit garden can be a heap of fun and definitely a rewarding experience. As a beginner gardener, there are a few basic tools and items you will need to, you know, to get started. Now, these don't need to be fancy or expensive, but the first I highly recommend is getting yourself a decent pair of gardening gloves. Protecting your hands while gardening is essential. Gardening gloves are designed to keep your hands clean, dry and safe from thorns and other hazards, right? There's nothing worse than getting an infection from something in the soil if you've got open skin or an abrasion and something and a bacteria gets in there, it can really put you off gardening. The next item on the list would have to be a trowel. So a trowel is a small hand tool that is used for digging small holes, planting seeds and transplanting seedlings. Now I have my noashi. I absolutely love it. I use it for literally everything from planting to weeding to removing crap from between my cobblestones. It is definitely one of the best investments I made in my gardening tools. 
And the Nawashi doesn't even cost that much when I compare it to how much I've used it. The next item is a decent pair of pruning shears. Now, pruning shears are used to trim and shape plants, sure, making them grow stronger and healthier. I like to use a pair of secateurs with a bypass blade system compared to the anvil secateur. So the bypass blade system cuts smoothly past each blade, whereas the anvil secateur crushes whatever you are trying to cut, and that can cause a lot more trauma to the cutting area, increasing the risk of more fungi and bacteria getting into the cuts and potentially causing more rots in the plants that you are pruning. Now the next particular item can come in many forms and those are a watering can or garden hose. Water is essential for your plants to grow and a watering can or garden hose will help keep your plants hydrated obviously. I tend to actually just use especially in the house uh, soda bottles or fizzy drink bottles at the same time I know exactly how much water I'm using in that rotation of indoor plant watering and I'm not carrying heavy items around putting myself at risk by clocking myself in the head I have a number of plants that sit up quite high and the idea of having a watering can up high just gives me the heebie-jeebies especially when I'm likely to drop it so just a watering container if you're able to grip relatively you know as long as you're able to grip it relatively firmly without the risk of dropping it you can, you know, make a quite an impact with whatever watering container you're using. Okay, going really basic here, but if you're starting to grow for the first time, make sure that you spend a little bit of money getting a good quality soil. So good quality soil is important for growing healthy plants. You can purchase soil from your local gardening center or make your own by composting. And of course, understanding what you need to ensure continuous health of your plants. And that includes fertilizer. So fertilizer provides essential nutrients to your plants, helping them grow strong and healthy. In this case, it pays to quickly learn the difference between a liquid feed and a palletized fertilizer and make sure that you use it according to the labels on the packet. If in doubt, ask your local garden center or community group for advice. And if you're new to gardening or even an old hack at it, then definitely grab yourself some seeds or seedlings. You will need seeds or seedlings to start your garden. Purchase them from your local gardening centre or online. But if in doubt, go and grab them from somewhere that you can ask questions about how to grow them because often that can make the difference between growing a successful crop, especially as a beginner. And even if you're an experienced gardener and you are growing a new variety of something, still get some advice because it can help speed up the process and get food on your table faster then of course why would you not ask so this next item is not really an item and that is sunlight most vegetables and fruit trees require at least six hours of sunlight a day to thrive so make sure your garden is in a sunny spot if you're growing indoors just be very aware that the temperatures can get very hot behind glass so potentially invest in a little indoor temperature gauge so that you are not burning your plants or in my case I lost a string of pearls because I had them on a windowsill that In summer, they absolutely thrived. And when we had the first frost this winter, I lost them completely because they got terribly frost damaged. Now that's called doing it messy. And I seriously learned a very valuable lesson around my kitchen windowsills. And before I forget, You don't need fancy containers or pots to grow veggies in, even just using the common household bucket that you can buy for relatively inexpensively at the hardware store or for some of the smaller veggies if you're growing in a, say, uh, for example, 
um, your milk bottles. Lay them on the side, cut a hole in the side of them and make sure you poke some holes at the bottom to let it drain out and there you go. You've got yourself a decent growing container. And the beauty is you're recycling at the same time. Capture whatever green waste you have from out of your kitchen and put it in a small worm farm that you can have, which doesn't take up a lot of room. And if you do it properly, you can't even smell it. Not only are you recycling, but you're also making your own gorgeous vermicast that you can then use in your potting source for your next lot of veggies. Fruit trees are something that you can also grow in pots. And there are a number of dwarf species out there that are high producing varieties and you don't need a lot of space either again for any of these particular plants most garden centers are very happy to point you in that right direction now most lettuces for example grow very rapidly and you can get a crop off them very quickly as well and if you're picking the outer leaves you know especially if you're not using a a hearting lettuce again perpetual spinach is another relatively fast growing and easy to grow for beginners leafy kind of vegetable that you can keep picking over time and save you a heap of money giving you absolutely yummy tasty high quality produce that you will continue to enjoy growing now so much for me keeping this episode relatively short. I guess I wasn't really paying attention to the time. So again, shopping versus, you know, from supermarkets versus growing your own. There are lots of pros and cons. Again, quality, cost, environmental impacts, it all comes into play. And if you can, you know, can grow things from home then it will save you mega 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 dollars in the end and you get the exercise and the fun and joy and quality and taste of growing your own so I hope this particular episode on supermarket versus growing your own was helpful if you do have any gardening questions please do reach out I'm going to keep compiling a list and every now and again I'll do an episode on a bunch of combined questions every week I mentioned this and don't be shy. Let me know if you're needing some private coaching, no matter what level from beginner to experience, reach out and let's chat. I have a few one-on-one gardening mentoring spots available. Sometimes it really is easier to accomplish a task or a project having a gardening mentor and quietly holding you accountable to whatever tasks you set. Flick me a DM or email me and let's check to see how we can work together. My contact details as always are in the show notes. Don't forget to email or DM me for any one of my gardening freebies and as always I say gardening can happen in any space and in any place and on any budget. Have an incredibly abundant week and I will buzz you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I would love to hear about your gardening adventures. Flick me a DM on Instagram at The Messed Up Gardener or send me an email and let's connect. Don't forget to check out my gardening reels on TikTok. If you are looking for some help planning your next garden project or just need some one-on-one private coaching, reach out and let's get growing. If you have a garden-related business or you're looking at starting a gardening business, including arboriculture, land clearing, firewood or a general plant growing and selling business. Let's work together in my one-on-one private business development coaching container, having helped my clients grow several six-figure plus businesses, including from startup to working on million-dollar open space management contracts for many years now. Let me help you and let's grow your business so you can leapfrog your profits and establish a viable and sustainable business. 
If you're looking for a business podcast, check out my The Let's Buzz You Out podcast available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If this episode was at all helpful, please share with others and let's get growing in any space, in any place and on any budget. Till next time, happy gardening and buzz you later.